0: Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. true believer will face rejection from the world because of Jesus Christ and his gospel. Amen? So it's not about our failures. It's not about our problems. It's not about what we're going to go through. It's not about how hard life is or how wonderful and easy life is. But it's because of Jesus Christ and his gospel. Praise God. Amen? That's encouraging. You know, a lot of times we say, Wow, am I really going to get involved into something that I'm going to be tormented and rejected and I'm going to feel persecution against my life? It's worth it in the kingdom of God. Jesus was persecuted. He was rejected. He was pushed away. He was hung on a cross and and gave his life for you and I so that we would not have to suffer, that we could have salvation today. So number one, we can see this most clearly in the life of Jesus Christ himself, okay? And I want to talk about that for just a moment, how, how clearly it is to see in his life Rather than to look at our lives, because, you know, when we look at our own lives sometimes, we always look at our failures. We always look at our problems and things that, that are just hard to overcome in our own life. But let's look at Jesus for just a moment. You know, and, and Jesus lived a life that was an example for all of us. He said, there's nothing that, that I'll allow you to go through that he wouldn't have gone through himself. He suffered in the wilderness. He was tempted by the devil. A lot of things came against him. And, and guess what? He overcame the world. And when I say the world, the wickedness of this world, there's nothing good in this world for you and I today, Amen. We are not of this world. Glory to God. Can I get a big amen? So we can see this in his life. So John 10, I'm sorry, John 1, verse 10 through 11, it says, he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. Now, can you imagine that right there? this is jesus christ himself the savior here he comes to his own people you know we don't people say well i don't know and this is this is so true in life because you know they say well i don't know who this god is you're talking about you say he's good to you but i don't know if he's good he's gonna be good to me because we always put our situations in the way of letting god do something in our life is that true and so I can imagine this Here is Jesus uh, is walking the streets in his ministry. He's bringing the gospel, the love uh, to the people, and they're rejecting him. They're, they're spitting on him, and they're mocking him, and they're making fun of him and pushing him out of their lives. It says he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Matthew 21, 42 says, Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone which, build, build, uh, which, which, which the builders rejected has become the thief cornerstone, the chief cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing. It says, And it is marvelous in our eyes. So the Messiah came first to his own people, as I just mentioned. As we just read in the scripture, he comes to his own people. He comes to the Jews. And then after the Jews, he comes to you and I, which are the Gentiles. Hallelujah. How many can say thank you, Jesus, for that, that he cared so much to come to us? That he cared so much about you and I. If you're sitting at home on your couch, you might be going through something today. I want you to know that Jesus did not only care just for his own people, just for his own family, just for his own siblings, but he cared for the entire world, you and I included. That's a powerful statement. Amen? And, and, and here he is, and, and they rejected him as a whole. And then the gospel was taken to the Gentiles, which is to you and I. And then for the most part, the world has rejected him. And not only did they reject him, but they rejected the simple message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. Now, How many can see that in your own families, in your own relationships, where you go and you tell somebody you're so excited and you bring an excitement to them and you tell them how wonderful God is. He's changed my life. And they say, yeah, I hear you, but I haven't seen it yet. Amen? I was telling a story this morning in the service where, you know, uh, Pastor Marshall received a letter from a guy who was in prison, and this man was speaking from a prison cell, and he was telling Pastor Marshall, he said, I was, uh, uh, you know, he said, I, I saw a young man come back into the church and give his life to the Lord. He said, this man, used to, I used to party with this man. I used to hang out with him, and he was always the life of the party. He was the animal out there doing the crazy things, and he was just the life of the party. He said, and I sat back, and I watched this man, and he got saved, and he started coming to church. And he said, I began to watch how God began to clean him up, and he started to dress up, and he started to be on time. He'd be in the prayer room. He said, I sat back, and I watched, and I watched, and I watched this man. And he's crying from his heart to Pastor Marshall. I wish I would have had that opportunity or I wish I would have listened. I wish I would have taken that opportunity that I had seen this young man take and run with. He said, I began to see God do a miracle in this guy's life. And, and, you know, he's telling Pastor Marshall all of these things. And he said, there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to see this man fail. Because the party was too good with him. How can it be any good without him? He said, and I knew, I just kept watching and watching and watching, and I was expecting a failure in this man's life. He said, and the more I watched, the more I saw this man get a zeal after God. He said, I began to see this man rise up and become the man of God that God had called him to be. I got news for you this morning. The man that he was talking about was me when I gave my life back to Jesus. This was the guy I hung out with. This was the guy that I was with almost every night, every, every party night of the week. Uh, and, and I made the right decision, and he made the wrong one. And I would come to him, and I would see him come to church, and I'd go to him, and I would say, listen, you need to get off of the drugs. You need to get off of the alcohol. You need to quit being a womanizer and focus on the things of God. And, of course, that's why he was saying in his letter that he was looking for me to fail. Because I was bringing the truth to him. I was living the life of truth. And it was an example into his life. And it was something he could not control in his own life. And the reason he couldn't control it is because he was trying to do it all his own way. And it was so encouraging to me. Pastor Marshall brings this letter to me, and I actually have the letter um, in my files, but it was a letter that was written straight out of the prison right to Pastor Marshall, and it spoke directly to me. He says, I cannot believe it. He said, I am so proud that this man has done this, and here I am today still serving the Lord. You know, now, now, now I don't know where he's at today. I don't know where he's at. I know he got out of prison. I know he got out. He got involved. He got locked into the church. I know that he became a pastor in our fellowship. He was preaching the gospel. But I honestly cannot tell you where he's at today because of rebellion that he allowed in his life, even as a pastor. You say, well, I don't think a pastor can be, be, be affected like that. I don't believe uh, that, that he could be, you know, go down that path. Well, listen, all we have to do is open our eyes and we will see it. It's all over the world. Some of you are here today because your old pastor hurt, your, hurt, hurt you in one way or another. But I got news for you today. We're not uh, uh, choosing and picking pastors here today, man. We know the gospel, the truth is preached right here in this place. Glory to God. And we are not going to waver left or right. We're going to live the life. We're going to live the example because we know that there are people that are outside in this wicked world that are looking in and watching us and saying, oh, I believe they're going to fail. Oh, I know him. I really know who he is. Oh, man, he's not going to make it very long. Oh, yeah, things are good now, but you wait until he runs into a trial. But see, we're not waiting on the trial today, man. We, how many can be honest and say you live in a trial, Amen. Glory to God, I think we're all living in a trial, and we're just waiting to see what God's going to do. But we are not going to give in and lose hope just because the devil has a plan to destroy our life. I would rather live my life and serve God and be real and know who I am at the end of every single day of my life. Than to be this person who just comes to church and stands there. Listen, when someone tells me to praise God, I don't have to be convinced to lift my hands up and shout hallelujah. When I see a player that I like on the football field, I'm going to shout. I'm going to say their name. I'm going to holler for them. So why can't I do that for Jesus Christ? Why can't we come into the presence of God? And when somebody says, let's lift our hands up this morning and let's praise him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We need to be excited about what God's doing. Listen, there are people watching, waiting for you to fail. They're waiting for me to fail. They're waiting for all of us to give in and to lose hope. You see, Acts 18, 5, and 6 is when Silas and Timothy had come to Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. But when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his garments and said to them, Your blood... Be upon your own heads. I am clean. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Hallelujah. Amen. In other words, I'm going to speak the peace. I'm going to speak the truth. I'm going to tell it like it is that Jesus Christ, he is my Lord. He's my Savior. Glory to God. And if you want it, you can have him. Glory to God. And if you don't, I'm going on to the next person. You know, many times we go up, we witness to somebody, we tell someone in our family about Jesus, and they reject you. They shoe you, they they dust you underneath the carpet and tell you, get out. If you don't want to be around us and, and be who we are, then don't come around us at all. Well, thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. But, you know, I'm smart enough to know if they don't want me around, I'm not coming. Amen? I want to be around some people who want me there. I want some people that are excited for the things of God. To get involved and to do something great and powerful for God. Hallelujah. Number two, those who accept Jesus will be rejected by the world as he was rejected by the world. You see, the whole world is under the control of the devil. You read it in 1 John 5, 19. But listen, it's controlled by the spirit of the Antichrist. It's a spirit of influences and hearts and lives of the world that's out there doing what they want to do, and nobody's going to change my mind. I can do it my way. How many in here can be honest and say you've tried things your own way sometimes? You know, I remember when I was a teenager, lived a little bit of a rough life in my, my, you know, in my home, and I told my dad, I said, I'm, I'm about to, you know, I was already almost 18 years old. I said, I want a car. He said, well, I'll tell you what, you want a car. You know, you're looking at me like I'm crazy because I was 18 before I started driving. But that's just the way it was in our home. My dad said, you want a car? He says, I'll get you a car. Don't you worry, son. We'll get you a car. And I'm all excited. I'm ready for it. I'm like, wow, this is awesome, man. I'm getting a car. He says, I'll have it here on Thursday, and I'm counting down the days. Thursday came, and I hear the trucker out there. I hear something out in the back, and it's going beep, beep, beep. and it was one of them tow trucks backing into the yard. I said, what in the world is going on? I run outside, and I look, and my dad has this 1969 Volkswagen Beetle sitting up on top of a wrecker. It's on the back of a flatbed. It's got a tire missing. It's got a fender missing. Half of it's blue. Half of it, I mean, I'm telling you what, it has seven different colors on this thing. And my dad said, son, if you want to drive, you better rebuild this car. This is your car. I said, I want a car I can drive. I want out of here. I want to go. But my dad knew that I needed something to work on for a while to keep me at home a little bit longer. And I was so grateful. You know, in the moment, I wasn't grateful for it. But right now, I am so grateful that I had to do what I had to do. He buys me a Chilton book and says, you're going to rebuild this entire car before you drive it. Oh, I hated my dad at that moment. I was like, oh, God, why would you do this to me, Lord? But you know what? Down inside, I wanted out so bad. I wanted freedom so bad. I said, I'm going to do this. I began to take that car apart. He said, take it completely apart and put it completely together before you can drive it. And I took that thing apart. Man, I'll tell you, I got it all put back together. It took me months to do it. And I'm telling you what, I'm sitting in that garage and I got everything laid out and I'm putting it all in there. And at the end of everything, I have a Folgers coffee can full of bolts and nuts. My dad walks out of the garage door into the garage, and he's standing there. didn't even look at the car. He looked all around the car. He saw the bucket of bolts. He says, son, take the car apart and put those bolts and nuts where they need to go. I'm like, what? In the world? See, the devil had a strategy. He was trying to cause me to hate my dad. He was putting something down in my spirit to cause me to run, to cause me to leave in a moment where I was not ready to go. Sure enough, there I go, I pull the tools back out, I rip the whole car back apart, start putting all the nuts and bolts back together. And I got it put back together the second time and I only had a half a can of bolts and nuts. And dad says, where's the bolts and nuts at? I says, well, they're in his can. He says, do it again. Third time I did it and the third time, I'm not gonna lie to you, and my dad probably is gonna listen to this sermon, but dad, I threw half of the bolts and nuts away. That's why it took me 24 hours to get four hours down the highway. Because in my spirit, in my heart, I was going to do it my way. There was not anybody going to tell me what to do. Oh, they don't know how much I love this person. Oh, they don't know what I see on the outside. They just think they know everything because they're parents and they had a rough life. I got news for you young people. We're speaking into your lives because we care. Because we know what it's like to get in a situation that's not good. My daddy knew that I was going to put that car together. He knew it just like some of you wives know when your husband comes home from Ikea with you and you have three or four boxes of furniture to build for her and you, you wives know exactly what's going to happen. You're going to help him open that box up, and you're going to reach down in that box, ladies, and you're going to pull the instructions out, and you're going to hand them right to your husband. And he's going to take those instructions, and he's going to not open them up, but set them down. Right? Isn't that what we do, men? Nobody's going to tell me how to build this. Oh, I know how to do it. Oh, man, we get that thing going. We build it up. We put it together. Man, and you know, there's bolts and nuts missing again. There's boards put on in oblong places where they're not supposed to be. And here we are. We got our minds made up. We know how to build this. I don't need the instructions. Don't need my pastor telling me what to do. I don't need my husband or my wife speaking into me, telling me what's right or wrong. Matter of fact... Men, you won't even build the furniture in front of your wife because she will make sure you do it right the first time. I mean, I don't want to bring this one up, but it's like moving your house from one house to another. Don't ding my furniture if you're going to help me, because I will be in the doghouse if you ding my furniture. She says, I want it wrapped, I want it done right, I want it covered from corner to corner, from top to bottom. I don't want nothing to get dinged, and if it gets dinged, guess what? It gets thrown in the trash, and I get to hear about it for the next 15 years. But it's not because she's telling me this, it's because I didn't take instruction. It's because I wanted to do it my way and I wanted it to go faster and I wanted it to be better and I wanted to get my help in and out as fast as I could to benefit them. And that's a lot of times what it's like for you and I in our lives is we got so many plans. We're going to build this. We're going to put it together our way and the instructions tell us how to do it correctly. The Bible, the Word of God, it tells us how to do it correctly. You don't have to read this whole book in a day. All you have to do is open the book and let it read you. This word of God will slap you in the kisser like nothing else in your entire life. It will speak to your heart. It will deal with you. It will pierce like a two-edged sword, the Bible says. It's his word. It's his truth. And if we would just listen, we wouldn't have taped up furniture in our houses right now today. I wouldn't have gotten to the city, Grand Junction, Colorado, 24 hours later in a snowstorm, going up a pass this big, this steep with snow all over it with bald tires uh, and, a, and a Volkswagen that hardly ran. The only thing good in that Volkswagen when I, got, when I left my mom and dad's house and when I got to Grand Junction was the gas that was in it, because it was cheap then, before the Tards got a hold of it. But anyways, we won't go there. Whoo, got quiet in here. (laughs) Praise God. I don't know know what I was going to say, but it was good. Let me get back to this word right here. I'm not chasing that one. Amen. So I did make it to my trip. I made my destination. But you know that it completely broke down when I got where I was going. The tires popped out. You know, and I know you kids, you young people think, wow, that's cool, man. What's the word for cool that you all use today? Come on, give me a word. Huh? Come on, man. That's old school. Huh? Fire. That's right. That's fire. You see these cars with their engines and their their tailpipes that, you know, they make these awesome noises. And you see these tires with, you know, popped out like this on these cars and they're turning these sharp corners. Man, that's fire. Well, mine wasn't fire. Mine started on fire. Hallelujah, Amen. (laughs) It was troubles. I'm telling you what, we didn't have a heater. Me and my older brother, we got on that highway, and we drove and drove. It took us hours of snowstorms, car wreck after car wreck we saw. And it was a miracle we got where we were going because of being so hard-headed, trying to do things our own way. You see, when we receive all that Jesus has for us through salvation, through his forgiveness, through his mercy, through his joy, all the things that he gives us, his blessings, we also receive the world's uh, hatred and the world's rejection. You see, all of the things that come with all the wonderful things of life from God, it comes, hatred and rejection, it comes our way. Matthew chapter 10, verse 22 And you will be hated by, uh, by all for my sakes, for my name's sake, it says. But he who endures to the end will be saved. He who endures to the end will be saved. Glory to God. Matthew uh, 10, verse 25. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house uh, Belzebub, however you want to say that, how much more will they call those of his household? You see, you and I today, we must understand that it is completely normal to be rejected by this world. It's completely normal. When we give our lives to Jesus, uh, see, in fact, in the Bible, it's so clear on this very particular subject uh, that it even goes so far to say that there is a problem if the world has no problem with you. <laughs> you haven't seen it that way very much, have you? You mean there's a problem if the world just loves to be around me? Yeah. It means we're worldly. There's something in us that they like. And I'm not talking about the goodly, the good, godly things in our life. I'm talking about when they love to get with you and talk about the old times. and Oh, man, come on over. We're going to hang out. We're going to have some beers, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. I was so proud of my kids. I got a phone call from one of our clients this week, and he says, I want you to know that your boys do not drink. I said, well, thank you very much for that, sir. I really appreciate hearing that. And I meant it. I really did appreciate hearing a client of mine. He says, I got the finest wine that anybody could have in this city. And he said, it's good stuff, and I drink a lot of it. He said, and I offered your boys wine, and they wouldn't have any. I offered them beer. They wouldn't take any of it. He said, now I'm going to offer you some. I says, well, you're a crazy man because you're wasting your breath. This old boy ain't drinking no wine. The crime rate will go up if I drink wine. Amen. <laughs> Amen? But not just because the crime rate goes up, it's because I don't want it. I don't want what it does to somebody. You say, well, I just have a little glass of wine. It ain't going to hurt nobody. Well, let me tell you something. One glass of wine, two glasses of wine. Before you know it, it's one lady over here and another lady over there. It's one cuss word here, one mistake over here, one bad word over there. And before you know it, you're bound. You cannot control it because you've allowed the world to come in to your walk with God. Come on, give me a bigger amen than that. (laughs) Hallelujah. You see, a person does not have to try to upset the world, the gospel does that automatically. You don't have to try to upset the world. The gospel of Jesus Christ, it automatically upsets everybody in this world because you're happy all of a sudden. You've got the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't care if you're going in for surgery. You go in there with the joy of the Lord. Oh, the the hands of the Lord will be upon you. Tell that doctor tomorrow. The hands of the Lord will be upon you. He will go in and he'll perform this surgery. And there will be no harm to my body. Glory to God. We got to profess the name of Jesus. Proclaim his word in our lives, in our situations. You listen, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. But too many times we give in to what the devil has and is tormenting. And he's going to torment you till he takes your joy away. John 15:18. that was our opening scripture. We already read that. But you know, they're going to come against him. They're going to come against us. Number three, nobody likes to be rejected. How many in this place, you love it? Just love to be rejected. We just love to be pushed away. We love to be hurt. We don't like that, amen? Rejection, it hurts. Especially when it comes from somebody you love the most. A family member that you're trying to understand that there's hope in God. You know, you you see people with these wonderful marriages and you wonder why, how do they have such a wonderful marriage? You ought to go up to them and ask them how. You're welcome to come and ask me. I got got a great marriage. My wife and I, we get along. We we are best friends. We we want to be together all the time. I thank God for these series on TV. We're watching Heartland right now, and there's a couple Heartland junkies right here, too, amen, in the church. But I'm telling you what, we're watching Heartland right now, and we just love to lay there and watch the movies. We, We like clean movies. We don't like trashy movies. We don't watch garbage on TV. We watch clean stuff, and if it gets bad, we turn it off and change it. Because we have control in our lives, amen? But you know what? You got to get around people who can excite you, people who can encourage you and strengthen you and speak into your life. And it doesn't have to be an appointment. It doesn't have to be a set time. It could be somebody that just tells you the truth. But I want to ask you a question. Are you listening? Do you have the ears to hear? When someone says this is how you make it. Pastor preaches it every single service that he's preaching. He tells us how to make it, he tells us how to walk for God. He sends text messages all the time. I'd love to see you in the prayer room. God's gonna move tonight. Bring you the bring your dancing shoes. Hallelujah. We're going to have church. And we get here. Hi, Pastor. I'm here. You're here, but what are you doing? What are we doing? Are we alive? Are we dead? Are we awake? I know you're awake when I'm preaching because I'm hooting and hollering. But we need to ask ourselves that sometimes. What's going on in our lives? Uh, Who's affecting us? Is is the world influencing us or are we influencing the world? Hallelujah. You see, when it comes to those we love the most, it hurts. Those people, they reject us. It's It's natural for people to want to be Liked and accepted in their lives. I love to be liked. I love to be accepted. I don't like to be pushed away. I don't like to be, to be shunned. So it's difficult to stand for Jesus when you know that rejection may be the result. It shouldn't be that way. We should be glad to stand up and tell someone about Jesus and tell them about the love of God and encourage somebody to get right with God so that we can be that testimony of their life where they say, you know what, I've been watching you, I've been waiting for you to fail, but man, look at what God has done in your life. And it could be by just shaking somebody's hand or loving somebody that never has felt the love from somebody in a church before. You you know something, this church is different. We are different. This, this is a, fri- a friendly and a loving church. And it's wonderful. We shake hands at the door. We meet them in the parking lot. We chase them out, out the door and we love them and we hug them. But we're all in the same battle. And we're not here to look better than anybody else. But we're here to be here for one another. To encourage and to strengthen and to lift up uh, when you're going through a trial, when you're going through a tribulation. You know what I'm telling you the truth. Honestly, I would rather be. Listen, religion will make a mule want a gag. Amen. It wears me out when I deal with religious people every day. I'm out there working and I'm dealing with people, and they're 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 saved. And oh, but let me tell you about my nonprofit. I got. Woo. Tell me all about it. Well, I got a nonprofit that does this, and man, I'm telling you what, we're making millions over here in this country, and we're making millions over here in this country. Listen, your millions of dollars don't faze me. I'm not driven by money. I'm driven by the Spirit of God. And I want to hear about the good things that God has done in your life. I want to hear about the miracles financially that God has done. Listen, if you got money, bless the kingdom of God. Send pastors, missionaries, glory to God. Let's do something great for God, but let's talk about our souls. Let's talk about who we are in Jesus Christ. Amen? I know for a fact that we all need to know how to handle rejection. How does a person who's used to being accepted and popular in everything that they do? you know you know the people that are all around you in your, in your city, where you're from, where you're, your family, they love you, they know you. you're accepted, you're popular and well liked. But all of a sudden there's a change of attitude from everybody else around you because you gave your life to Jesus because you surrendered your soul to God. Because you asked the Lord to come into your life. Because you acknowledged the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And all of a sudden, they don't want to be around you. They don't like you anymore. You're nobody to them. You see, this is what I'm talking about this morning. And there's four things I want to talk about. When we know what it is that it is to be expected. And that Jesus told us that this is the way it would be. Number one, that, that's, write that down if you're taking notes. He already told us this is the way it's going to be. We're going to battle these things. He says, he says, we'll make it not come as a shock or a surprise to you and I. We need to know, just accept it. Your family members, they're going to turn against you. They're going to come against you. They're gonna, they're, they might even mock you. They might even shun you. They might push you away. But just know that the gospel, the word of God already says that this is going to happen. And we know that today. Number two, realize that just because some have rejected you and they've rejected the gospel today, it does not mean it will be that way tomorrow. Just because they reject you today doesn't mean they're going to continue rejecting you. Because the gospel is a two-edged sword. The word of the Lord is truth. It is alive. And once it is planted, it begins to pierce. It begins to grow. It begins to cultivate. It begins to work behind the scenes more than we can even imagine. It begins to do something in that spirit. It begins to awaken itself in that sinner's life. And God, and only God can do that miracle. We can't do it. It could come through a handshake. I've seen people walk through these doors as mean and rebellious and they're just here because someone begged them to be here or because they're watching their grandchild in a performance uh, or something like that. They come here, they don't want to be here, but because somebody said hello to them, because somebody loved them, because somebody encouraged them and befriended them and took them in, they all of a sudden have a different desire for the things of God. You see, sometimes we give up too fast. We give up way too easy. And we let the world just overcome us with all of our trials and problems and not understand that there's hope and God is at work. He is still doing a miraculous work in the seed that was already planted. Number three, stay in good fellowship. Guess with who? Not with with the world. Not with those that are out there trying to destroy you, but stay in good fellowship with like-minded believers who can encourage you. If you want to get rich, call someone who knows how to make money. If you want to be poor, hang out with people that are poor. I mean, if you want to learn how to exercise, unfortunately, we have to go to that place where you have to exercise. Amen? Amen. Which I don't know anything about. But I am letting the Lord convict me right now. Amen? (laughs) I'll go ahead and button my jacket up. We all need to learn. Unfortunately, we learn the hard way. We learn in difficult ways. We learn through the trial. We learn through the mistake. We learn to say I'm sorry when we get caught. And not I'm sorry before we get caught you know how much redemption there would be in our lives if we would apologize before? Can you imagine your kid coming up to you and saying, Dad, I broke the neighbor's window in their house and nobody knows about it, but I just want you to know it, Dad. I was real good at that when I was a kid. Always in trouble for something. But I never came clean until I was caught. That's not a good quality to have. We need to be able to come to our parents and say, you know what? I've been having these thoughts and I've been having these attacks. uh, I've been having these battles and I've been having these problems arise in my life and I need help. Can you imagine where we would be today in our homes, in our families, in our lives if we would just be humble before God? Before we get caught. Number four, don't compromise your faith in order to be accepted. Do not compromise your faith just to be accepted. A compromised life, preaching a compromised gospel will not save anybody. That means if you're not living right, it's not going to save anybody. Stand your ground. Don't let the world make you ashamed of your faith. Don't forget When people reject you because you are a Christian, they are really rejecting Christ. They're rejecting Christ. You know, and and, and it's it's really a simple thing for you and I to, to, to just understand right now that, you know what, there's going to be trials. There's going to be problems. There's going to be people in our lives that don't want to hear us. But don't let that stop you from being who God wants you to be. Don't let that stop you from opening your mouth and telling somebody about Jesus I'm looking around this room right now, and I'm seeing one testimony after the next uh, of God's mercy and His grace uh, and His love and His compassion for His people. And we are all people who open our mouths and share the gospel. But you know what? There's a lot of us in this place that we could be doing it a lot more. We're afraid to lose our friendships. We're afraid to lose our relationships. Honestly, I'll be honest with you right now. I could never, this is me. I'm not telling you what to do. But I could never marry somebody that did not believe the way I believed. I will guarantee you if my thoughts or my life was a little bit twisted to the way my wife lived her life, w- this marriage would never have happened. Because I would have went up to her daddy and I would have said, Sir, can I have your daughter's hand in marriage? He would have he said, Absolutely not. Just like that. And he wouldn't have been afraid to say it like that. And I would have respected that and I would have walked away and it would have been the end of my destiny with God because I made choices that were not right with Him. Do you understand what I'm talking about? We need to know today in our lives... That God has us all in the right place at the right time. But I'm not dating somebody that's not uh, equally yoked. I'm not uh, going to live in a home, in a relationship uh, where I'm not married. I'm not going to do that to myself. I'm not going to do what the world says to do, but I know it's not right to do. Young people, relationships are wonderful. But only when they line up with God's will. Relationships are awesome. When you begin to be boyfriend and girlfriend, listen, we've raised all of our kids through this and, and we've taught our kids how to love and how to encourage and how to strengthen. But if you are not rooted in the things of God, you can walk away. You can step into a, 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 a thing of, of relationship that will mess your life up. And I'm not just speaking to young people. I hear these kids, 12 and 13 years old, they want boyfriends and girlfriends. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's okay to have a friend. It's okay to introduce your parents to somebody that you may have an interest in. But you better be wise and listen to your mama and your daddy about who you date. We prayed for our kids' wives even before they were even a part of our life. When our kids were little, we said, Lord, I pray for Landon's wife. Lord, I pray for her, God. I ask you to raise her up in the things of God. Lord, I pray for Braden's wife, Lord. Touch her right now wherever she may be, God. Lord, I pray for Mallory's husband. I pray, God, that you would touch her, Lord, or touch this man and deliver him. And God, raise him up in the way he needs to go, Lord. We did the same for Carson. Lord, raise this boy. But that girl that he marries, Lord, I pray for her right now. And we do it all the time. But I'll tell you one thing we taught our kids is do not get yourself in a situation that you will not be able to get out of. Now, I'm not with them all the time, so I don't know, but God knows. And We put the fear of God in our kids' lives. And I thank God that our kids have made not perfect decisions, but good decisions. and We stand for what's right. We believe that God is going to vindicate us. He's going to use us. He's going to help us. He's going to fix it for us. I don't know how he's going to fix it, but he's going to fix it. If I could have every head bowed and every eye closed in this place this morning. You know, a lot of times we give up on, and I see it all the time. I'm, I see it everywhere I go where people are afraid to even bring up Jesus, the name Jesus. I love when I'm in people's houses working and doing things, I like to see their books and I like to see the pictures they have on their walls. Because it's a conversation piece for me to open up the word of God to their life. And please don't 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 think that I'm just the type of person that wants to just go pick fights everywhere I go. I love that, but more than that, I love to just just know where people stand in their walk with God. And you might be going through something in your life, you might be at a hard time in your life at that very moment when God sends somebody to you. Or they might be in a tough place when you go to them. Don't give up. Trust that God is at work. There are people in this place that come to this church. They're not here today. They're not in this service this morning, and you know who they are. You're friends with them. They're on your contact list in your phone, and you could call them up, not to beat them down, but to tell them you love them and you miss them. Maybe you could call them and say, you know what? Next Sunday is going to be an awesome day. We need your help. We're having a harvest fest, big festival here at the church. It's going to be awesome and we need your muscles. We need your help. We need your your family to be here, to be a participant and see what God can do. Matter of fact, bring three or four family members that don't know anything about God. God can use you in a mysterious way. You say, I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the understanding of the word. Listen, you don't need that to invite somebody to your church. Get them here. Let us minister to them. Let us love them and encourage them and strengthen them. Get around godly people who can be a godly influence in your life. All over this place today, you're here today. You say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I'm not right with God. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand up. I want to pray with you. If that's you, just put it up. I don't care if you've been here 10 years. Lift your hand up. I want to pray for you. We're going to get you right, and we're going to get you on the right track this morning. If that's you, come on, put your hand up and put it back down. We can't count our failures. We can't count our mistakes in life. For some of us, there's too many. But God cares about you today. He loves you. He wants to help you. He wants to help you overcome your situation. Whatever it is that you're battling today, God cares. He loves you and he wants to to, to rekindle the fire that's in your life. How many more all over this place? Just put it up and put it right back down. Praise God. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. We're going to open these altars in just a moment. But I want to make a call. You're here today. You say, I've, I've really felt in my life a lot of rejection when it comes to sharing my faith. I know we've all been hurt in other areas where rejection can be taken a whole different place. But I'm not talking about that rejection this morning. I'm talking about when it comes to sharing your faith, what God has done in your life. Do you know that if I would not have become a soul winner, I would not be who I am today. The reason I have spunk, the reason I have charisma, the reason that I have life in my life today is not because somebody made me this way. I've never had this example in my life, ever. It's because of being a soul winner. It's through telling people about Jesus. It's through being rejected. It's from being pushed away. It's from being spit on and cast out. It's made me stronger in the things of God. It made me go into the word and say, Lord, how can I help these people? Okay, go to the book of John. Do this. I'm telling you what, it just gives me a strength. and says, okay, well, I've never been defeated in my whole life. How am I going to be defeated now? I'm doing this for God, the almighty God. I'm doing this for him, and I'm going to go back, and I'm going to get him again. I told the story this morning in Costa Rica. A guy pulls his gun out, puts it right to me. and says, this is my God. He says, get out of here. I don't need your God. Oh, glory to God. You felt the, I'm telling you what, when you got a gun in your face, and they're telling you to get out, you, was whoo, glory to God. Lord, come now. Lord, I need you. I need a miracle, God. You know what I did? I stood there and I wept in front of that young man. Tears, buckets of tears began to roll down my face. And I said, brother, I said, Jesus loves you. And the more I said, Jesus loves you and he cares for you. He doesn't, it doesn't matter what you're involved in or what's going on in your life today. He loves you. This was the biggest drug dealer in the whole country of Costa Rica. Most, One of the most dangerous men there. His name was Corlas. That man broke down right there in the front, right in his house, right right in the front porch of his home. Broke down like a baby and gave his life to Jesus that day. Let me tell you something. The devil was going to bring fear. The devil's going to throw something at you. Matter of fact, he'll even manifest and show his ugly face. Just to get you to walk away. To get you to turn away from what God is doing but we cannot be afraid I'm not saying sit there and take a bullet I'm not telling you to to die but I guess I am I I really am because you're going to be persecuted and I was willing that day I guess to take a bullet but I know that God has my back I know that God has your back today. Let's open these altars. Let's come down here. Let's pray. And let's hope that God would save the most wicked of the most wicked, including ourselves, that we would give our lives to Jesus and surrender to him. Amen? Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.